Hello, I'm John Elliott and welcome to Spot On, the podcast that talks to people involved in business and public life about ideas to help Britain win. My background is manufacturing. I love making things and I'm always looking for ideas, policies, products and services to make this country a better place. That means they are spot on. Today I'm talking to Mike Matthews, MBE, former NIFCO European Operations Officer and Managing Director. Mike was brought up on a council estate in Darlington and made his way from the shop floor to the helm of one of the Northeast's leading manufacturing businesses. Mike, you really did work from the bottom to the top. Give us the highlights of your journey. Well, I think the, um, the first highlight was um, probably called a low light. It, I, I was made redundant in the second year of my apprenticeship, which was devastating at the time. And um, you may recall a famous politician called Norman Tebbit. And Norman Tebbit's advice for the nation was, if you want a job and you can't find one locally, get on your bike and go and find one. Well, I literally did that. I found further employment with a, a company in Newton Aircliff, which enabled me to finish my apprenticeship. And it actually turned out to be a very positive step because I moved from a big company tool room to a contract tool room where the demands were completely different and the expectations were completely different. And it was in, during that experience, um, I was already... What sort of age are you now then? At the time, I was 18 years old. And um, hugely... So you left school at 16? Left school at 16. Um, you know, like a lot of young kids, you're faced with that... Uh, um, big big question when leaving school. Do you go on to further education or do you get a job? Well, my family was, was skint. They'd always been skint, been skint for years. Things had started to turn around for them. Um, but, but I wanted to start and earn some money. And, and you know, I could have gone to the building sites and uh, my dad didn't want me to do that. He'd worked on the building sites. Um, I could have got a job in a factory, semi-skilled. Um, but my mum encouraged me to seek out an apprenticeship. Get a trade. Get a trade. That's what my mother said to me. You've got to get a trade. You've got to get a trade. And and my father said, you know, Mike, if you get an apprenticeship and you get a trade, you'll never ever been out of him out of work. And I never have been. You know, I've been 100 percent employed all of my working life. I changed businesses, and um, I, I really found that um, working hard was was one of the ways of of, of of progressing. It's the best way. It is the best way. Um, you can't count on luck, can you? Looks important, but you, if you work hard. Looks very, looks very, very important. Um, but I actually spent some time on a, on a public stage, on a platform, talking about social mobility with quite a prominent um, MP and former minister. And his view was that these days there weren't the opportunities that there were when he grew up. And I devoutly disagreed with him because I think I'm a, I am the product of social mobility. Um, but if you, know, if you want to get on in life, if you want to progress, you've got to take on progress tasks. If you want to stay where you are, you take on maintenance tasks. And that's okay for some people? It, it is okay. You know, it depends what you want. Um, I tend to um, socialise and spend my time with lots of different people. And, and I usually find that people that get out there and network are people that do want to get on. And the, and the, and their mo the most common question is, how do you get on? And, you know, through me, for me, it's been working hard, network, and choosing to take on progress tasks. So networking is part of it, but you've also got to do the job as well, haven't you? You've got to deliver. You've got to do the job. And I think the other thing that I've actually done is I've tried to voice my support for particular areas like apprenticeships. I've been a strong advocate for apprenticeships for many, many years. I've been a strong advocate for training and education. 
Um, I'm also a, a strong advocate of companies becoming employers of choice, which I think given the current challenges of trying to get older staff and retain staff, is a policy that should be right at the top of most company strategies. That's right. Certainly, there's, there's not enough people to go around at the moment. There's certainly not. We've, we've lost a lot of people. I think the whole COVID experience changed people's outlook. You know, younger generation, and I've got two young daughters, we've got young boyfriends, and quite frankly, they're not interested in jobs where there's not a level of home working. And a lot of the traditional employers just aren't comfortable with that. And one of the big challenges for um, employers is they just don't have the right digital platform for their staff to work at home efficiently. I've got a friend who runs a very large um, facility which employs 450 staff and uh, within um, the first lockdown, within a month, they had everybody working from home, about 50 people. So 400 staff went home. That's 400 cars not on the road every day and, you know, huge difference. Ironically, because this company was already set up with the right digital platform, their productivity improved by 15% during lockdown. Because they had the, they, they were kind of like that way. You start your work and you can't stop until you've stopped. And then you start the next one. You can't start. It's like working Less on interruptions. A, less interruptions. It's like a digital production line. You've got to really create that digital production line. Keep the staff, you know, keep your employees focused on what they're doing. Give them deliverable, measurable targets. And they'll do a good job. But that is not as easy, of course. You know, uh, no, it, it, it isn't. But, you know. But I think you're right hybrid where you do both yeah you, some job you want silence yeah other jobs you need conversation or discussion or well you, you need teamwork yes yeah and and um, and you can't beat face-to-face meets for generating teamwork i, I work with itachi vantara and i've met the guys once or twice but we have 10 20 meetings online every week and we're best of pals we have a bit of a joke bit of a crack on and we have a great relationship. I have adapted to this new era, and I, I, I'm finding it, it's, it's quite productive. And even though I really like meeting people face-to-face, I find I can get more done. By, you know, I'm not wasting time travelling. I, I can connect with people all over the world, all over the country, multiple locations at one point, which just takes an age for people to get together. And then there's the cost. You know, Companies having to pay for hotels, travelling costs. There is a time and a place for it, and I think the place is, time and place is now. There is a time and a place, but I agree. A video conference call is better than a telephone call. Absolutely. And a meeting across a table is better than that. Absolutely. So, But it depends. If you've got some difficult, sensitive matters, or you've got a big deal on the table, you've got to be in front of the client. You can't do that digitally. And I think sometimes talking to people um, in the same room, you spend time talking about other things that aren't necessarily on the agenda, but can be quite significant or quite important. I, I learned a long time ago... Um, I was actually told by a couple of guys in, in, in purchasing, in automotive purchasing, that, you know, they worked with companies where they liked the people. And if they didn't like the people, they didn't work with them. And, you know, for you to have that relationship, you've actually got to physically get together with people. That's right. Yeah. And you can't quite describe that, can you? Can it, but it's something No, it's something in the human nature yes. that makes us, you know, just we all have people we get on with and people we can... You know, spend time without, but yep. you know. Now you you worked a lot of time in the auto business. Yes, and that seems to me as an outsider as a very adversarial environment. Yeah, it is a very adversarial. Bi- Does it end up with a better outcome, or do you think it actually increases costs? Well, I think if you look at if you look at Nissan, 
um, and you look at their productivity figures, they speak for themselves. Absolutely. One of the most productive companies in the world. Yes. Um, you can argue that the circumstances that are affecting them now are not to do with the way they behave. Um, I, I think, you know, um, we need to really change our business model. We've, we've, we've got to get past globalization and we've got to get to look at what's sensible business. And this bringing parts from the other side of the world is just becoming a nonsense. It's becoming costly. It's counterproductive to the environment and the climate. You know, it, and, and, if, and as soon as we have a hiccup, it affects all of the world. We need to... I, I'm an adversary of agglomeration. I believe in levelling up and localising and evening out. And, you know, that's, that's what I would But you promote. need economies of scale, don't you, though, as well? You, you, you do need economies of scale. But if you look at, you know, um, with the civil service coming to Darlington, I think a lot of people thought we'd go to Newcastle because typically um, numerous governments have followed a policy of agglomeration and it hasn't really worked. The theory works, but in practice it doesn't work quite as well. That's right. That's why you've got to be pragmatic, aren't you? Because yeah. you, You've got to be pragmatic, but you've also got a, a level of humanity in there Oh, definitely. And, and, and share things equally and do things on a mutually equitable basis. But being fair and reasonable is being a good employer and it makes commercial sense as well. Yeah. I think like dealing with your customers. Yeah. If you deal with your customers well, yeah. it'll work out profitably. M many years ago, um, I, I was looking around for some inspiration because we were having lots of challenges, losing people, and um, I came across the Volkswagen website and I went to their people page and it said, Volkswagen want to be the employer of choice because without the best team, we can't be the best company. And I thought, wow. And that's resonated and stayed with me for years. And that's what I've always tried to do. I've always tried to make the companies I've been responsible for a good place to work, a fair place to work, fair pay, fair conditions. It isn't always easy, but hey, life's not easy, is it? No, no, it's nothing simple either. And that's why we're back to kind of one size fits all. Yeah. Different people need different treatment. Now, you've been involved with an inward investor, very significant inward investor. It was very successful. I mean, I've been over to your factory, yeah. and I was always <coughs> impressed with the tidiness mm. um, and the order on a big scale, actually. Yeah. So what do you think about that inward investment? I'm a big fan of inward investment, you know, um, and I think during the age of globalisation, um, inward investment's critical. So you think it's better than, than importing the goods? I think it's better than importing the goods for absolute sure. And, and I, I demonstrated in the business I was involved in, I could make parts as cost-effectively locally as I could delivered cost from other parts of the world because we became super efficient. And, but there were still opportunities to make that even more efficient. And the opportunity to make that more efficient, in my view, is the adoption of digital. Yes. We've just got to take digital to the next level. And what you and I would think of digital is kind of like quite tiny when you compare to what it actually is. It's just, we are really and truly at the beginning of a fourth industrial revolution. And the key to making that fourth industrial revolution a success for Great Britain is digitalization from small businesses to large restaurants with digital booking systems, digital feedback, you know, employee. Um, we see a lot about mental health, in, in the press today, it, 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 it's mentioned more than it ever has been in my lifetime. There are now great digital platforms to help employers manage um, mental health 
uh, you know. But it's only a tool, isn't it? It's only a tool. Uh, but a very important yeah. tool. But it's a digital platform. Yeah, it's all right. It, it just makes things easier to do, doesn't it? it? I mean, the computer's got so much capacity. It does. And when it does... But isn't there a danger of it actually... <coughs> it's where you interface with the information, isn't it? You can have a lot of information, but if you can't relate to it and use judgment... But that's that's where the cleverness of a, a real d digital integrator comes in, where it brings the information into a format that tells you what you need to do. If you look at the, you know, the 10 richest people on the planet and you look at the 10 largest businesses on the planet, they're all highly digitalised business. Yeah. You know, I, it, they've been around for some time, but Initex, who owns Zara and all those ladies' brands and men's fashion brands, they've been so successful because they've got real-time information. They're making in Europe, they don't, they don't make anything outside Europe, but they make all of their garments in Europe and supply them just in time based on real-time demand. Yeah. They have no obsolescence. If you look at their sale rail, it's a very small sale rail because they only sell what people want to buy yeah. because digitalization has provided them with that intel. And it can do it continuously, can't it? The Con information can be everywhere at the same time. Continuously, perpetually, and it's about linking up information that there's no roadblocks but in, some in of between. But some of those digital stuff, you still use the old methods of Kanban, which is a very effective method. Yeah. And, but those things, if it's in a system... Yeah. It'll control itself yeah. instantaneously. Absolutely, because you know Kanban's great, but if the purchasing trend changes, you might end up with True. a Kanban being obsolete. And yeah, that's right. Well, you've got to keep reviewing all these you things. Do. But you've got, to, but in any system, you've yeah. got to set things like lead time. Now, the lead time can change. Yeah. The the other thing I'm finding, John, is, um, and I'm really surprised, is um, I, I was born up with the the expectation as, as a senior manager of a cohesive plan for a business. And yeah, we've had two years of really tough times, really tough times, but you've got to keep adapting. And what I'm not seeing these days, and as a consultant, I go in many, many, many businesses, I don't see cohesive plans. I see knee jerk. I still don't see that, you know, this is where we want to be. Okay, sales uh, dimensions have shrunk. So being a realist, um, if, if you're a PLC, they still want their profit you've got to shrink the dimensions of the business to match the dimensions of the sales. If you're um, a privately owned business or, you know, you might say, you know what, I think that business is going to come back next year. If I lose all those people now, I won't be able to support those sales next year. So I'm going to accept that short-term profit for that long-term gain. But I, I'm seeing very little of that. That won't happen in PLCs. No. But you see, I think the thing is, there's two different categories of things you've got to do there's important ones and urgent ones yes and unfortunately the urgent ones take over sometimes when the important ones are yeah. more important well i used to work with a company called itw they were a joint venture with nifco for a number of years and i learned an awful lot about from that company and it, one of my guiding business um principles rules is pareto i'm constantly paratoing what's my top 20 percent sales what's my 20 top 20 percent priorities work on them and the rest will look after themselves. Yeah. That just consistently, that eighty twenty rule does seem to apply so many it, times. It's it? a natural phenomenon. Let's get back to inward investment. Yeah. One of my big gripes is that we don't have internal investment. And I think the problem in the UK is you can make more money playing the stock market than investing in real businesses. It's quite interesting if you look in the Northeast, businesses that have been sold have come in. Yeah. It's always bought by foreign companies. And it seems if within the UK we don't seem to be interested in manufacturing or industry, which is which is I find quite strange. Oh, it's wrong as well. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we suffer for it. 
because the, the, the year I left um, NIFCO, and it was it's public information. This um, NIFCO was you, you know the nineteenth most profitable injection molding company in the UK, and you thought nineteen is that so good? Well, the other eighteen were in um, fast-moving consumable goods and pharmaceutical and food packaging. So that made us a pretty good company in, in automotive. And actually, we, we were doing better than a lot of companies around yeah. the world. I think the other point, John, is you've been exemplary at this. Um, we, don't, we don't fly our own flag. We don't beat our own drum very well in this country. You know, and it's ironic that we're in the studio of a PR company. And, you know, for me, if a company doesn't have, a business doesn't have somebody representing their public relations interests, they're rather short-sighted. Um, all part of becoming the employer of choice and letting people know that you're successful is your public relations. And that's a very big, complex task. And I think one of the challenges we've got with um, companies that are invested in from abroad, you generally end up with a plant manager or somebody that's really focused on running the business. I was very lucky within my farm job. I was kind of quite reasonably autonomous and I treat that business like my own. So it was when it was doing well, I wanted to tell everybody we were doing well. And you got a lot of attention. And whilst I was there, I got letters every other day from companies wanting to buy the company. Yeah. So if you've got a great company that's very profitable, but nobody knows about it, nobody's going to invest in it, nobody wants to buy it. So, you know, that whole public relations is another part of a, a business plan that, you know, along with being the employer of choice, is a key part to becoming um, a successful company. One last question for you, Mike. If you were the Prime Minister today, where would you look to make an improvement in this country? I would, I would, invest, in, um, I would invest in business and industry and manufacturing because that is the key generator of wealth. Yes, I, I, I agree. I, we'll never get a strong economy until we make more things. We won't, absolutely not. We need to make things, I need to sell them. You know, it, the, the UK economy is a huge business. It's just a big business. It's not run like a business, is it? it no, but it should be run like Absolutely. a business. It should be run like a business. And and business opportunities start with great sales, and then you can look at how profitably you can make them and reducing your cost. But without the sales, you know, it's it's nothing. And we, we don't... In the same way, I think the UK used to do a great job at selling UK PLC, compared to many countries these days, we, we don't really do a good job of selling UK PLC where I think we are a good environment for business, a very good environment for business, both in terms of workforce, attitude, skills, availability, cost base, taxation. We, we just don't promote that enough. And, I, I, you know, I, I was sat with um, another prominent um, party leader and I suggested to that, and he, he kind of tried to shoot me down. So I suggested to him, I didn't really know what he's talking about yeah. because I just didn't see the investment in overseas trade missions and, um, you know, these are the kind of things we need to promote ourselves overseas. But we've got to get the economy right, haven't we? We've got to get the economy uh, right. And we've yeah. got. To, I think the problem we've got is that politicians don't want to give bad news, and I think most people will accept bad news. We've been through a difficult time. We've got to change things. We've yeah. got to work a bit harder or consume a bit less. Yeah. And they, but they also want to give good news. And it's it's really ironic because I would say for fifteen to twenty years, I've seen the demise of newspapers in factories and offices. They used to be full of newspapers. You rarely see one now. People don't bother. They're so fed up with bad news. The press yeah. is full of bad news. The politicians want to give good news, but nobody believes them. We just need to find a middle ground, and we need to share. 
I and think if people understood, most people would accept now we've gone through two difficult years, we've got to, we've got to tighten the belt a bit. Yeah. Um, and the other, the other thing I would do as well, I, was, I would invest heavily in, in, in skills in education, vocational skills in education. Yeah, I'm, I'm a massive supporter of universities and getting degrees. We, we need more of that, but we need more trades. Look what's holding us back. In every aspect of life at the moment, it's yeah. lack of skilled people. There's no shortage of economists, is there? There's no shortage of economists. Truck drivers. If I want to hire, you know, lots of degree-educated staff, I can get hold of them. If I want an electrician, a plumber, a joiner, a toolmaker, a maintenance fitter, I can't get them. That's right. Can't get them. Crackers. Well, thank you, Mike, for your time today, and thank you for listening to this edition of the Spot On podcast. Like and subscribe to keep in touch with future editions coming your way soon.